Welcome to the Know Nothing Podcast. I'm your host, and this episode's Know Nothing, Eric Garner. On today's episode, I'm joined with Stephen Pappas. He's the host of Is This Adulting, as well as the Metal and Kids Podcast. We talk about all things comic books, and we do a deep dive on Nightwing. We also chat about being Canadian, our love of football, and why Thor is shirtless in every Marvel movie. Before we begin this episode of the Know Nothing Podcast, I think I have to address the elephant in the room. They say the most constant thing in life is change. Recently, I've been having a lot of change in my life. It's because of that that I will no longer be keeping the schedule that I initially started of releasing episodes on the 1st and 15th of every month. Unfortunately, they're going to have to be a little bit more sporadic. New episodes are coming, but I don't know when they'll be coming out. Make sure you subscribe to the show and follow your feed. Follow us on Twitter at knownothingpodcast.com or on Facebook, and I'll make sure to keep everyone updated on the status of our show and when new episodes are coming out. If you'd like to get a hold of me, you can definitely drop me a line at eric at knownothingpodcast.com. And now, the 19th episode of the Know Nothing Podcast with Stephen Pappas. And it's actually funny, I was like, I was talking to a friend of mine about how we consume media these days. And he's a, he's an aspiring author. He writes quite a bit. And he's talking about how, you know, back in the day, you'd write a book, it'd take you a year, then you put it out and wait for people to read it. And now everyone is so hungry for content that if you're not putting it out every day, every week, you know, you're, you're old news, right? So yeah. No, I feel I feel like that's kind of the that's kind of the thing. You got to keep a constant stream coming out. Yeah, and I I struggle so hard with that. I'm just uh, I just can't get motivated for that. And we just talked about it. Our episode releasing this Thursday. We literally just had this conversation of like, I'm gonna make it happen, and I or else I'm gonna die trying. Like yeah. I'm working seventy hours a week on it right now, and like I'm gonna make it be a thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're so good at it too. Like you and Chris both are so good at just creating content. I love your podcast so much. I tell all <laughs> my friends goofs, about it. man. I know, but that's what makes it so beautiful. I love it. I tell all my friends about it. It's great. Thank you so much. That's awesome. That is really incredibly humbling to hear. I have no clue why anybody has latched on to our show. I really don't. We are We are just two guys being goofy and trying to tell people that, you know, what they're feeling is normal. Well, let me <laughs> let me tell you why someone would latch on to it because I can tell you from my own experience. A, you're so genuine. I think that's what shines through. And it, as soon as that ends, your show will cease to be amazing. But I, that's <laughs> never going to happen. Uh, you guys are just so great. Your charisma, your chemistry together is so great. And you're so honest. I think that's really refreshing. I tell everyone, if you're going to get into an episode of uh, Is This Adulting, Start with episode three, because seriously, for me, that was when I was hooked. Um, the Bird Terminator episode? <laughs> yeah, so good. A, Bird Terminator, so good. But B, you guys talk about, I think it's that episode, you guys talk about how to deal with someone that has uh, a mental illness, how to help right. them. And my sister struggles with depression and anxiety, and luckily, I mean, knock on wood, but I haven't suffered from a mental illness. And so when she came out and told me that she was having, having these issues, my, I immediately went to, you know, suck it up. You're just feeling mm-hmm. sad. 
and I had no, I wasn't good. I wasn't good at dealing right. with her. And immediately I jumped into like, let me fix you mode, which right. isn't good either. Like, let's sit down and make a list of all the things that will get you out of this slump. And that just doesn't work. And uh, it took me a long time to realize like, okay, wait, this is like an actual illness. And I, I think one of the things that really hurts it is it's depression, anxiety. And we use those words in everyday speech. You know, how often do right. you say I'm depressed? Well, I've never been, I've never had depression as like a mental illness. So right. when I think about depression, I think about like being sad but I've never experienced it like my sister has. And so in my mind, I equate depression with like, oh, I'm sad, I'm having a bad day. Uh, right. And I don't equate it with like what she's actually feeling. <laughs> and yeah. so, yeah. I, think I may have said it on the episode, but I think that um, one of the things that always struck me and one of the ways I explain it to people, and it, and it sounds like it's a, a harsh explanation, but it's it's accurate, you know, this is, coming straight from a psychologist sadness is the common cold depression is cancer yeah it's that's the difference is sadness is just something that people go through and they deal with and they suck it up usually and they pick it up and they move on cancer is something that is an illness that if not treated will kill you which is the same with depression if not treated it can kill you it's just a matter of you have to take care of an illness that you ideally will be able to manage one day. Um, the only difference is cancer is not curable, but is very much in some ways treatable to the point where it can be managed. I know my father-in-law has had cancer twice and he's now cancer free. Yeah. So, but they don't ever use the word cured because they don't ever want to say that because they don't feel like they have a cure. And yeah. so for me hearing it explained that way helped me explain it to other people because it's not something that like, like people go into fix it mode, yeah. like you said, and it's not something that can be fixed. It's something I'm going to live with every day for the rest of my life and I'm going to learn to manage it. And that means medicine and that means therapy and that means whatever, but I'm going to learn to manage it. Yeah. Not cure it. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And I think the other thing is there's so many causes Right. So my sister had right. a thyroid condition. So her thyroid stopped working, which stopped regulating her hormones, which right. threw everything out of whack. So it's, it's not, you know, there's just, it could be so many different things. Uh, yeah. It's just such a complicated thing and it's got so much, you know, it's just not talked about a lot, even though, you know, so many people suffer from mental illness. I think I read a stat, it's like one in four people. It's a yeah, crazy it's amount of to people. Roughly diagnosed, it's close to 50 million people in the United States right now yeah. um, living with chronic diagnosed depression. And then there's plenty of people who are dealing with, it, it, I mean, just a slew of mental illnesses as well. It's not just depression. It's, it's schizophrenia. It's bipolar, bipolar 2, um, anxiety, PTSD, agoraphobia. Um, and, and I rattle those off because I've dealt with four of them um <laughs> you know I, I did the depression anxiety ptsd agoraphobia i dealt with all of those and so like it's just a matter of treating the different ones and kind of yeah kind of getting to know um what your strengths what your 
weaknesses are and the areas that you need to build up no matter what form of treatment you seek. Um, and for people who aren't dealing with it and who have friends and family who are the best advice I ever give them is ask them what they need, find out what they need because everybody's different. You know, sometimes I need my wife to literally be a caregiver. And then other times I need my wife to just leave me alone for a while and let me be with myself and like process. And so it's, it's all on a person to person basis, but it's staggering numbers. It's, Staggering, staggering numbers. Well, today my guest on the show is Stephen Pappas. He's the host of Is This Adulting, as well as the Meddling Kids podcast. Stephen, oh, yeah. welcome to the show. I feel like Meddling Kids doesn't get as much play whenever you guest on something, but I'm telling you, so good. It's a podcast. They, re- they review every episode of Scooby-Doo, which, seriously, genius. <laughs> genius. It's... um. I'll put it this way. We've been asked on many occasions, do you guys even like Scooby-Doo or are you just, are you just, cause it seems like you're just making fun of it and, and we do, Yeah, but we love it. I mean, there's so much to make fun of, but at the same time it's Scooby-Doo, right? Oh yeah. It's, I'm going to hot take. I'll throw it out. It's so bad, <laughs> but I love it so much. Like it's such a nostalgia trip and like, I'll show that stuff to my kids like when I have kids, if I have kids, um, cause like Scooby-Doo, man, it's, it's everything from my childhood. Like all this, like good, warm feelings of nostalgia, like coming back up and, um, yeah, it's goofy and it's silly, but so is most of the stuff I like. Yeah, so. totally. Now I feel like we have to address the elephant in the room here. Okay. You're my rival. How yeah, did that happen? Yeah. We're nemesis. Um, I feel like I, mean, I woke I, up one day and all of a sudden I was I had a rival of of uh, some gentleman in North Carolina with two amazing <laughs> podcasts, and I just felt like I'm not worthy. Well, shots were fired. <laughs> um, not initially by either of us. <laughs> shots were fired by Kate from See Here's the Thing. Okay. All right. She, she tends to do me, that. So. Yeah. She told me that I had to come on their show because I was a planned guest like two weeks after you were on Okay. There. And she told me I had to try to one up the fact that you sang their theme song. She was basically like, you'll never be able to follow it. There's nothing you can do. (laughs) And so I spent literally two weeks trying to write lyrics to their theme song. And I was like, you know, it's just not clicking. It's just so instead I prepared a written statement, which I heard um, basically just, yeah, I was basically just saying I will never be as good as you. Um, (laughs) And I pledged my fealty. I bent the knee to house. uh, See, here's the thing. Um, I guess, yeah, I'm just going to say, see, here's the thing. They're not married yet. Um, so <laughs> I bent the knee and, um, somehow I, I rose hand of the pod. You did, which is very impressive. And I, I got crowned minstrel of the pod. What's cause you say, <laughs> I know, but I've only sung the one time. I feel like I need to come on. I need out of the blue. I'm going to just do a performance. I'm going to send one in. Well, that's what you, that's what you got to do. I told him we're going to have to exchange appearances again. And then maybe it all culminates in some sort of knockdown drag out uh, trial by combat uh, between the two of us just to see who uh, who reigns supreme Fight to the death is what you're uh, saying, isn't it? That, that or some sort of Iron Chef style competition <laughs> um, between you and me. Oh, no, you didn't. Iron I Chef. Did. Um, I feel like I feel like we're long lost brothers, though. I, it would pain me. 
when my uh, brother and sister were young, they used to play this game called Fight to the Cry, which just consisted oh of my brother beating up my sister until she cried. <laughs> that's that's not a fun game. I don't want to fight to the cry with you. <laughs> it's 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 fun for one side for sure, but Fight to the Cry though is the title of my next album. Okay. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> totally. That could be like some I'm I'm envisioning some like speed metal. Oh, what's the band? Like Dragon, Dragon Force? Force. That's what I was gonna say. Yes. I got you. See, I'm envisioning more of just like terrible acoustic angsty emo songwriting, okay. like secondhand serenade or old school dashboard confessional. Yes. Um which I'm not crapping on because I used to love both of them. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but I'm I'm thinking that. Just fight to the cry. It's um it's the new emotional album from recording artist Stephen Pappas. I so. love it. I love it. So this week for the podcast, I have been reading through Nightwing comic books. And uh, hey, hey. I will tell you, I've had quite the experience with these comic books. I read uh, volume one. It's, what's his name? Charles Dixon. Is that his name? Chuck Dixon. Chuck Dixon. Yeah. Charles. I, I'm I'm on more of a... Charles, you're being proper. <laughs> I'm more formal, for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I read all of Volume 1, and I read a little bit of Volume 2. I, I admittedly couldn't get through most of it, but not because it was bad. Not not like that. I was just, I've just been busy. But uh, my whole life, I, I've i never touched a comic book. I think I've read... I, I, I read some uh, Archie comics, for sure. I dabbled. Right. You know my boy Jughead, but (laughs) he has his own comic book right now. Archie and Jughead both do. It's a little more adult though. Like it's very much like a PG 13 borderline hard R. It's like, it's like the new anime style too, isn't it? No, 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 no. It's drawn by Fiona Staples, who is one of my favorite. Okay. Um, She's phenomenal. No, it's not. They may have an anime style book, but the Mark Wade run that's going on right now is, um, is really actually really good. Yeah. There's some murder and some deceit. Uh, It's a little darker than your standard. Okay. it's uh, it's interesting. Okay, maybe I am a wealth of useless knowledge, <laughs> especially about comic books. And I guess that raises the first question: How did you first get into comic books? What was the moment when you were like, "Yes, comic books"? How long do you have? Uh, I sure have it's usually about an hour. Don't worry, I I can um, condense it all in post. Oh, there you go. <laughs> well. Okay, well, December 19th, 1989, I was born. No, we're not going to start there. Um, when I was probably, uh, I want to say, 12 years old, 10 years old, 10 years old, 10 is right, I didn't really know anything about comic books. I didn't like to read um, as a kid. I was, like, not a huge fan of reading. I, You know, I read the stuff kids read like the boxcar children. And like, I read some old, like Hardy boys mysteries and I read some animorphs books yes. back in the day. Goosebumps. But, Oh, well sometimes goosebumps. Okay. Me a bit, but I did read <laughs> goosebumps and it just, I don't know. I wasn't a big fan of reading. I remember my mom put hot take here. Um, my mom put Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's stone in my hands when it came out. And I was like, can't do it. Don't like it. Which, don't worry everyone i picked it back up later once i like to read and i i love harry potter and everything that follows but i just i wasn't a big reader and so when i was about 10 let's say 10 to 12 years old is somewhere in that window a comic book store opened about a mile from my house and i was intrigued to say the least you know i 
the 2000 X-Men movie had kind of gotten me in a place where I was like, ooh, comic books. Interesting. Okay. Um, so I, I decided to go check it out. And I remember walking in, and there's still a very distinct, like this is going to sound so weird. There's still a very distinct smell. Oh, totally. No, it doesn't like sound weird at all. Comic books. Like comic books have a smell. Yeah. Yeah. There's many things in my life that have a smell associated with them. So that's not weird at all. Right. And so I dug through and I, I you know, I didn't have a lot of money. I was 10 or 12 years old and I dug through comic book bins. They had quarter bins at the time. And I dug through old issues of comics that were basically worthless that they were selling off for a quarter. And this one caught my eye. And it was what if volume two issue number four. I I know that's real nerdy, but that's, I know it exactly what it is because it's framed on my desk in my office. What if it was essentially a series in the late eighties. And then they revived it in the early to mid nineties that asked questions that took place outside of main continuity in the Marvel universe. Okay. So I don't know how big of a Marvel fan you are in the way of movies and things uh, like that. I now. dabble. I, I, we'll, okay. we'll get to that because I think that's one of my biggest issues with comics. But we'll we'll get to that okay. for sure. Well, it asked the question like, you know, issue number fifty of it was, "What if Hulk killed Wolverine?" Or what if there was a lot of "What if killed?" Like, what if the Punisher <laughs> killed Spider Man? <laughs> or what if Spider Man had never given up his cosmic powers? Or in the issue I picked up, what if Spider-Man had never given up the black suit? Which then most people know only because of the god-awful third Tobey Maguire movie. But erase that from your memory. There was an alien symbiote suit that attached to Spider-Man. Made him all like super emo in the movie. Not how it happened in real life. He was just angry. And it ended up becoming Venom, which is one of the most famous villains in the Spider-Man yeah. universe. But... It was the idea of what if the alien suit had possessed him and he had never given it up and he basically becomes a villain. He becomes evil. And I thought it was really interesting to see this other take on what was going on in the real universe and see what could have happened if things had forked off in a different direction. And so I would for the next few years get $10 allowance a week for doing all my chores. I would hop on my bike and ride the mile up to the comic book store with my backpack on and I would sit. I'd leave my backpack up at the counter because I didn't want him to think. Eventually he let me bring it with me because he trusted me. I've been going there for years. But I would sit and I would just rifle through these quarter bins for hours until I found exactly where I wanted. 25 cents an issue, $10, 40 issues a week. He would not charge me tax. He was nice enough to do that. And I would take 40 issues home, read them through the week, and then go back and do it all over again. I ended up getting a full run of those. What if comics out of quarter bins because wow. nobody wanted them. They were worthless. And some of the stories were good. Some were terrible, but it taught me to enjoy reading in a way that I had never experienced it before. And I probably wouldn't love reading as much as I do now. Um, had it not been for comic books. Yeah. That's really cool. The way I read it is I read it on like an electronic version. Okay. Mm -mm. Which Mm -mm. I feel like I feel like I was shortchanged a little bit for sure. Right. Uh, I feel like I didn't get the full experience. There's a few things I like about it. you can kind of do like kind of a cinematic view of it where it takes right, you like a panel by panel. Yeah, exactly. Which uh, is okay, but I've just felt like sometimes I just felt like I was missing the big picture of the whole comic book. Right. Right. But I just 
Yeah, that's just how I did it. And uh, I ended up reading Nightwing, which I want to ask you how you got into Nightwing. Because obviously, the obvious answer is Batman. But I want to ask you right. how, how that happened for you. How did Nightwing become your favorite or one of your favorites? Sure. Oh, no, definitely favorite. Favorite is okay. the word. Um, so I grew up, I guess, in the mid-90s. Early 90s, we had Batman the Animated Series. Yes. And it is what most people would consider to be the best superhero cartoon ever made. And a lot of people put it at the top of the best animated series ever made because they treated the subject matter and they treated the source material with such an adult look while still making it for kids. Uh, I still own the series. I watched it all the way through in the last year it's still phenomenal. It holds up the storytelling. I mean, it won an Emmy yeah. Yeah. for uh, best episode, like best single episode of a primetime series. Cause they aired it primetime on Fox. Wow. And so it won for heart of ice, which is basically where you get the whole story of who Mr. Freeze is. And like his new origin story came from that 1993 episode, but phenomenal storytelling by Paul Dini and um, Bruce Tim. I was probably four when I really started watching it four or five and I had all the toys and everybody wanted to be Batman. Everybody wanted to be Batman. I didn't want to be Batman. I wanted to be Robin. Yes. And like a lot of people make fun of me for that. Cause they're like, Oh, you want to be the sidekick? And I'm like, yeah, I want to be the sidekick. Like there was something about that red and green. And in the show, he had a black Cape with yellow lining, which is based more on red or the third Robin, Tim Drake than it is on the Dick Grayson Robin. But I, something about it. I was drawn to him. Because in the animated series, Dick Grayson was Robin, and he was almost a peer to Batman at that point. He wasn't really the sidekick or the, you know, the kind of, oh, well, that's cute. Like, the little boy he was when he initially was Robin in the comics, he was he was almost a peer. And so in the fourth season, or, yeah, fourth season of the show, they rebooted it, and they called it The New Adventures of Batman and Robin. And all of a sudden I'm watching this show and I'm obsessed with Robin and Robin is a little boy named Tim. And I'm going, wait a second, just what's going on. And all of a sudden this really cool looking dude in black with this blue bird down his suit, this ponytail down his back and this cool domino mask flips into the frame and they say, Hey Dick. And I'm like, (gasps) Even as a little kid, I was like, oh my God, it's Robin. <laughs> but Robin, what happened? He's like an adult. He's grown up. And I, you come to learn the story of like he had differences with Batman. He decided it was time to step out from the shadow of Batman and become his own hero. And that, as a kid, I was immediately like, yes, that, cool. I'm sticking with Dick Grayson. And as I got older and he became Nightwing in the series that you read... He ended up taking on the mantle of Batman again when Batman was killed at one point. Killed. I use air quotations there for (laughs) those listening. Uh, He did come back, obviously. Um, He's been killed multiple times, just like most people in comic books. But he was his own hero, and then he was Batman briefly while Batman's son was serving as Robin, Damian Wayne. And then he went back to being Nightwing, and they rebooted the series with the new 52, and you got all these cool new darker Nightwing stories and then his identity was revealed to the world and he had to go be Grayson, an agent of Spiral, which is essentially like a 
Shield. Sure. If you know Shield from the Marvel Universe, it's essentially Shield or the CIA. Um, and he had to go be like a secret agent for that. Now he's back to being Nightwing. Like it's just seeing the evolution of this character. And as I grew up, he matured and changed with me. He was Batman with some comedic edge. He was snarkier. Sure than batman but he also represented freedom and change and growth not just as a kid but even as an adult i still look at him and saw the things that he went through as a character and the character development and the way they changed him and it resonates with me still i mean my groom's cake was a nightwing (laughs) i have nightwing toys in my office back where i do all the work for the podcast like nightwing to me dick grayson that character is probably my favorite fictional character like period because there's so much character development that just in those volumes um and that's why i was like oh i could give you so much to read because just in those volumes you probably didn't get exactly the change and the darkness and the the brooding yet comedic character that he became yeah exactly i think that's definitely part of the problem is i was i'm embarking see when i first thought of this idea it was like i want to have steven pappas on I know he's a comic book guy. So that would, that makes sense. I'll just read like two or three comic books and we'll chat. And after reading a bunch of comic books, I just don't feel like I've grasped the full scope of being a comic book fan. Right. And uh, I, I really did enjoy it. I really did enjoy Nightwing. I like how dark he is, but like you said, he is definitely snarky. His character has a lot of like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just I I found it kind of cheesy. Every every time he'd do something, right. he was like narrating it. Uh, <laughs> right. You're also reading the '90s Nightwing, though I will say, and it, at, at, the, at the time that was comic books. Sure, they were a lot cheesier and campier than they are say now. I probably should have given you like the new Nightwing, which there is some narration, but it's a lot more like internal monologue rather than like what he's okay. doing um and it's a lot less quippy jokes and more character <laughs> oh, development don't, don't get me wrong i love the quippy jokes there are, there's like times <laughs> i was laughing and the other thing is like i love the artwork of it even though i could tell right. it was kind of dated right definitely but i i really liked it there would be moments where there'd be like an action panel and i'd just have to like stop and kind of like tilt my head and like, okay, what exactly <laughs> is going on here? Like just cause he's right. He's flipping around from all angles. And uh, yeah, I, I think he's just such a cool hero. He's just an acrobatic guy that just beats fools up. It felt to me a lot like a kind of a, there's a lot of like murder mystery type th- elements in it as well. Like kind of like a James Bond type character as well, right. where he's, he's always kind of, meeting a new girl and kind of i don't know he's trying to make his moves on her <laughs> yeah that was a little dated um because i went back and reread the original stuff that i told you to read and i was like oh i should have given him something a little more modern. yeah because even reading it now it's kind of cringeworthy yeah it, of just it, like it felt some of the stuff james like bondish though because he would like he's a detective basically for all intents and purposes right, right? he's trying to figure out you know these these murders and this mystery and uh yeah, and then he's uh he's trying to get some uh, some girls on the side for sure. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. But yeah, I really I really did enjoy it, and it's I think it's a shame that he hasn't gotten more spotlight in the 
pop culture sphere. And that brings me right. to my next question is what do you, how do you feel about the way that comic books have been gleaned into pop culture? Man, that's a hard question. Cause the, my gut tells me this is the best time to be alive as a comic book nerd yeah. because it's become mainstream culture. But it's also this idea of like, do you know how hard it was for me to find a Batman shirt when I was in high school? Yeah. Like, and how much I got picked on for reading comic books. Like I got bullied like, because people thought it was wow. nerdy and like, it is nerdy. Yeah. It, but admittedly, it, it is a nerdy thing. I'll get into that right. later too. <laughs> I oh, have so many questions but, because I, <laughs> no, this it's is fine. a world that is so foreign to me and not because I was like some jock in high school that whatever comic books, I, I just never right. got into it. I don't know. It kind of well, passed me by. A lot of people by. didn't. Well, it's, it's mainstream culture now. Like the same people that I saw making fun of me and teasing me in high school are first in line in their Captain America shirts to see the new Marvel Studios yeah. movie, you know? And so to an extent, like I'm not complaining because the superhero movies we got when I was in high school and stuff were not Ugh. great. You know, you look back at some of the X-Men movies. Some of them were solid. Some of them were okay. They weren't yes great and then you got the spider-man movies the first two spider-man movies i argue are still fine films if you look at them as live action comic books sure the third one's abysmal but you know now we got a spider-man movie this past summer which a lot of people liked a lot of people didn't like but to me that was what spider-man always was when i was reading it as a kid and so i'm finally getting to see all of these characters daredevil the netflix series encapsulates daredevil so well what i read as a kid and so to me i like it but there's also a little hint of like the hipster in me i sure. guess is just like i read this stuff when you guys thought it was garbage and now sure <laughs> everybody loves it and now i it, it separated me and gave me an identity at a time where i desperately needed that and now it feels like it's everyone's identity yeah well i i think the other thing too is like my question is wh- why isn't nightwing more a part of this popular movement of comic books. I feel like there's so many stories that aren't going to get told because they don't fit. There's there's certain superheroes that are more popular than others, right? And so those are going to get the attention. Oh, the yeah. Spider-Man, the Superman, the Batman, right? Those are going to have an audience. But I, I wanted to get your opinion on how you think uh, these studios are doing as far as... Uh, converting these comic books that you love into films i have feelings (laughs) i have so many feelings uh okay so i'm just gonna flat out say it i as far as reading comic books have even though what if and marvel got me into comic books i've been a dc guy batman superman well not really superman because superman's a boy scout and kind of boring (laughs) no character real development there to me but batman uh green arrow i was a big fan of growing up green lantern the hal jordan green lantern and the john um not john jones john jones is martian manhunter oh all the nerds out there yelling at me i can't help you with this john stewart john stewart green (laughs) lantern um all of those green lanterns and green arrow and even some modern runs of aquaman believe it or not have been kind of cool but i was a dc guy and so i am literally heartbroken when i look at the state of the warner brothers dc universe on film because man of steel was thumbs down uh batman v superman was almost unwatchable 
Suicide Squad was unwatchable. <laughs> Wonder Woman was the first one that I was like, oh, dang. Like, they did one right. And Wonder Woman, I thought, was good. But they're just being destroyed. I mean, early... They, that's the word they literally use. Early reports are that Justice League is unwatchable. Oh, really? And that they're refilming like 90% of the film. Wow. And so, for me, I don't think DC's been doing a good job. I think Marvel has been killing it. Yeah. Marvel has only made one or two movies that I would consider weaker, but I don't, still they're not bad. Iron Man 2 was weaker than most of them, but it wasn't bad. Thor 2 was weaker than most of them, but it wasn't bad. Yeah. And then you've got, they're putting out, I mean, they're hitting home runs with Guardians of the Galaxy and Guardians 2 I thought was great, even though a lot of people didn't seem to like it as much as the first one. I thought it was great. I thought Spider-Man was great. The Avengers obviously was great. And so I would like to see DC do that, but I just don't think they're going to. Like the closest they came, and I think the movie that literally changed everything for superhero movies was The Dark Knight. Yeah, yeah. I think it changed everything. Batman Begins was fantastic, but The Dark Knight, people started taking comic book movies seriously yeah. as film, not just as, you know, corny summer blockbusters, but as films, as movies. They were they were good. Dark Knight Rises, nah, that's debatable. That wasn't amazing, but it still wasn't bad. Yeah, yeah. But then DC turned around and just tried to do the same thing with the rest of their universe and make it dark, and it just... It didn't work. Honestly, the best DC you're going to see is the DC animated films. And I would say watch them. Some are good. Some are bad. Some are absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. But they, they, they're they just releasing a 40 movie box set this year wow. for, I think, $100 or something. But it's all the animated films they've made um, in the new DC animated universe. And there's some movies in there. I have a few of them. The Dark Knight Returns, which is probably the most famous Batman comic ever from the 1980s where it's old Batman. Yeah. It's probably the best Batman story ever told. It is amazing. It's Frank Miller who did 300 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is probably 300 and sin city are his two most famous comics, which were both turned into sure. movies. Yeah. But I think that's where they're killing it is with the animated movies. But overall not happy <laughs> with the state of DC in film. Yeah. I talk a lot. Sorry. No, that's all right. <laughs> I'm like a babe just soaking it all in. I think my biggest issue with comic books, uh, I want to kind of transition to this now, is um, sure. as a novice, they're very difficult to jump into, I find. I think that's the biggest problem with comic books. And without your help and your sage wisdom, I don't think I could have ever done it. And I think the issue is because everyone writes for the same characters, right? So when you read Harry right. Potter you're reading one person's character and that character is consistent, right? But whenever you read comic books, there's so many different variations of the same character, right? So it's, it's just so daunting to jump into and probably a reason why I don't think I could keep going with comic books because I wouldn't have anywhere to start. I would have no idea how to do it. What advice would you give to the novice out there? Well, I would say find certain runs um, where the author wrote that character for years at a time and stick with that author's interpretation of the character for the time until you can kind of get into it. Because there are instances where there are crossover events where Tony Daniel, Scott Snyder, uh, Tim Seeley, Tom King, they're all writing Batman simultaneously in different books. Yeah. And so he's being portrayed four different ways in different books. 
which can get really confusing. Yeah, totally. But the Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo run of Batman that lasted for four years is one of the best comic book runs I've ever read in my life. But honestly, the best opinion I could give you, and this has nothing to do with um, Nightwing, and I probably, speaking of comic books, would have given you some other choices, but I know that the show is family sure, friendly. yeah. Uh, and so it would have been harder to talk about them in detail, but I would it be okay if I gave a few suggestions that are more, not adult adult, yeah, but no, more totally. targeted toward yeah. adults. Because yeah, of course. the thing with books like, say, The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. Robert Kirkman has written The Walking Dead for 14 years. Just Robert Kirkman. Yeah. He has written that story. Those are his characters, and he knows them. It's creator-owned. It's independent comics. And independent comics kind of like independent podcasts are very different animals from the largely produced uh, DC Marvel image comics is mostly creator owned stuff and they make phenomenal books. There is a book and it's what got me back into comics at the age of 22. I had dropped away. I thought I was too cool during college and I came back there's a book called saga. Do not let your children read. Saga. (laughs) It is very much adult, but the elevator pitch for saga is it's game of thrones meets star wars but it's the story of romeo and juliet so it is this interdimensional war between two species and one on each side one soldier falls in love with the other and they end up having a child and they're on the run during this intergalactic war um where they their species hate each other and so they're having to constantly run and it is one of the most it's by brian k vaughn who wrote for tv he wrote lost a lot of lost the television show which i like most people hate but he's he's a phenomenal writer and it's just him it's just him writing it or he wrote a series called why the last man like why the letter y colon the last man also please don't let your children read why the last man (laughs) but it is 60 issues long or 50 issues long i i want to say 60 and it's one story, 60 issues. And when he was done with his story, that was the end of the story. It was a, It's about a worldwide plague that knocks out every mammal on Earth with a Y chromosome except for him and his pet monkey. And both action, tragedy, and hilarity ensues. Yeah. Um, I, it brought me to tears at different points. It made me laugh out loud at different points because he's this snarky, fun, quippy guy, Yorick, named after Shakespeare character. And it's him trying to find his long lost love across the world, even though he's the last man on earth and trying to hide the fact that he's the last man on earth. And you're trying to figure out what caused the plague and things like that. So there are books out there that I think would be easier for people starting out because you don't have to deal with all that continuity history and all that. You just pick up the book and you read that person's story. See that kind of the same way you would with a Stephen King novel or a JK Rowling or anything like that. It's that person's story and when they're done telling it, they're done telling it. They don't have to keep it going for 75 years like Batman yeah, or whatever. That's what I need for sure. Just because I, I I went on Wikipedia. I did a little research on Nightwing and I was like, I was just overwhelmed with all of the information right. and all of the different Robins. And I said, oh, I don't, I don't know if I can do this. And then I started reading it and it, you know, it, it was good. It was good. I just couldn't. And I think the other thing too is, uh, comic book collecting is so much a part of the the hobby as well it's it's not just right reading them it's also collecting them which i i think is a it's barrier for some habit. people too what do you think yeah, about collecting I, are you a big collector i was i had a collection that probably you know i just talked about this on a bonus episode we did on <laughs> patreon so you guys are getting it for free um 
I collected for years. I Every time I read an issue, I would get the new books that I read. I would bag them and board them and stick them in a long box, and they would sit in the back of my closet. Yeah. I had the entire run of What If that I got out of quarter bins in there. They were worthless, but I still had them. When I got my first big boy job, quote unquote, which essentially means when I got my first check that had a comma in it in my life. <laughs> I went out and for $100, I bought a tattered, falling apart copy of Iron Man number one from 1968. Very first Iron Man comic. And I framed it and hung it on my wall. I then spent $100 on a very nice copy of a 1970s book. Um, It was Green Lantern, Green Arrow number 85, I believe, which is a very famous cover of Speedy, which is Green Arrow's sidekick, um, shooting up heroin very famous cover okay bought it for the the collector's idea you know bought it hung it on my wall whatever but when i got married i was realizing i'm spending 30 35 dollars a week minimum on new comic books bagging and boarding them i'm never going to reread them because then i have to take them out ever so delicately and like slowly flip through and like i miss it so much but i decided it was time to let that part go and so i sold my collection wow and I used the store credit that I got from my collection instead of cash because I knew I'd get way more in store credit. They gave yeah. me, you know, it was like three hundred bucks in store credit as opposed to like, you know, hundred dollars in yeah, cash. Totally. And so I took the store credit and I bought trade paperbacks, which are the collected volumes okay. of the series that I had just sold away, some of them, because I knew those were the ones I wanted to reread. Yeah. And then ever since then, I have this awesome app i don't want to take money away from the comics industry but there's an awesome app called hoopla in the u.s where it's a national app and you use it through your library so if you have a library card your library has access to it and you can read digital comics on there that your library carries um for free now you can only check out a certain number per month but it's six volumes and if the volumes are 200 pages each it's 1200 pages worth of comics a month that you're reading so i mean that that's plenty and <laughs> for some so yeah <laughs> not exactly. for me the, and so I the still, comic book connoisseur now <laughs> <laughs> that's you no i i still buy the collected volumes of the current batman run the current nightwing run the old nightwing that's re-releasing which is what you were okay. reading i'm still buying that back because it was such a piece of my childhood um but most of the stuff i read now is either digital or the collected volumes of certain series that i want to continue with but there's just so much out there yeah. that it's really hard to collect and make it financially feasible. Yeah, yeah, totally. I'm excited for this. As much as I've said, I don't know that I'll keep doing it. I I want to I want to finish off with at least volume two. How many? How what's the run like on this uh, 1990s Nightwing? Is it huge or what? Do- it was 160 issues, okay. I think. And so volume-wise, it will probably come out to 20-some volumes, but they've only released six. Okay. <laughs> so right now, there's only six available. You could read the New 52 run Is of that Nightwing. better? There were Wh- only five what should I do? What, where do I go now? For more Nightwing or For comic books? For more Nightwing. I want to stick For with For more Nightwing, if I were you, I would say go to the New 52 run of Nightwing by Kyle Higgins. Now... If anybody out there is listening that is a comic book nerd, a lot of people are yelling at me, no, 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 don't tell him that. (laughs) Because Nightwing, the uh, the New 52 was greatly 
despised by a lot of comic book fans. I think there were some great runs that came out of it, so it's worth okay. it. But it was an event, basically. There was an event called Flashpoint. This is I'm going to get real nerdy for a few <laughs> seconds. Not that I haven't been real nerdy already. There was an event called Flashpoint. And what happened was the Flash ran backwards so fast that he turned back time, as he does, to save his mother from dying. But when he did that, it set off a chain of events that changed the Marvel, or not the Marvel, the DC universe forever. And so I think that was the one where essentially Superboy had to punch so hard into the air that he ripped a hole in space time. I don't know. It's real dumb. (laughs) But anyway, you got like a rebooted universe where all the origin stories were a little different. There were just like little things. All the characters were a little younger. Like Batman was like 30 instead of like in his late 30s or early 40s. Batman was like 29, 30. Dick Grayson was more like 22, 23. And so it kind of rebooted the universe. So that was a good place to start for a lot of people was the new 52. So the new 52 run of Nightwing was five volumes. I can't remember the name of the first volume. It might've been called welcome to no traps and trapezes. Okay. Is the name of the first volume and his suits different. You'll immediately notice from, does he have the hair though? Uh, the hair is no, it's 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 just kind of more of a shaggy oh. cut. It's not the long ponytail. I imagine a yeah. young Stephen Pappas, age fourteen, long ponytail down to the middle of his back. Please tell me that's true. Please. There was no ponytail. Uh, there was a young Stephen Pappas with hair down past his <laughs> was, right around age. Was 14. that Nightwing inspired? Uh, no, it was not. It was me being a dumb oh, kid inspired. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who has better hair, Nightwing or Thor? Probably Thor. Really? Uh, the, Thor, is, his hair is majestic. His man. hair is majestic. Have you seen the trailers for the new Thor <laughs> movie too, where he cuts it short? I mean, I'll my tell God. you my my big issue with with all of like the Marvel universe. In every single movie with the Avengers, uh, Thor is in there, and they do like the obligatory shirtless Thor shot. It's the worst. I go to the theater. You got to do what you got to do. I guess I go to the theater and it's like, I can't remember which one it is. I think it's, I think it's Avengers. The very first one. There's just a shot where he's, he's like washing his hands shirtless and it's like five seconds. And then it cuts, cuts away (laughs) to like, it's just superfluous shirtless Thor. Yep, they do that. Uh, they've started doing that with both Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Had their shirtless Chris Pratt moments, where it was just like, and here he is with no shirt. It's it's the worst. I mean, Chris Pratt. I'm not even gonna call it the worst because Chris Pratt. I'm like, that's a good looking he man. He is. I mean, <laughs> he is, especially where he came from. It gives it oh, gives yeah. me as a chubster a little bit of a little bit of hope. Me too, man. <laughs> me too. I keep thinking maybe maybe I could get ripped like Chris Pratt, even though I do love Andy from Parks oh, and Rec. That is. Yes. It's funny. I was talking to someone, I was talking to a friend about it. He had lost a lot of weight and he said that after he lost a lot of weight, people treated him differently. People perceived him as being like a a jerk all the time. Whereas before he was like the fat lovable guy. But he said that people, after he lost a lot of weight, it was like, it was pretty noticeable that like people that he was pretty friendly with before kind of, I don't know. There's like a little animosity there. That's interesting. See, because I, I used to be up around 300 pounds, wow. and I'm, I'm down around like 210 now, you. and I was down around 175 in college, but and I'm trying to get back down, but I've lost 50 pounds since November this wow. time around. Yeah. And I, I haven't seen anybody treat me any differently yet, no? but I guess we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> the goal is to keep losing. Yeah, so. that's true. Because, I mean, it, it was always weird, you know, once I was like 
at that nice college weight where I didn't feel so chub, yeah. uh, walking into a comic book store, they all kind of looked at me like, what are you doing here? <laughs> Cause I didn't fit the old stereotype of like what the comic book nerd is, which is either tiny lanky and long hair and a little greasy or just the big chubby man with the beard. Basically what I am sure. now, just a big chubby guy with a beard walking into a comic <laughs> book store. That's what everybody imagines is those two images. But, and they really got like stressed out and surprised if my wife went in. Yeah. Is she into comic books? She is not really. You know, she'll she'll dabble. She's read a little bit. Um, she read, oh, what's the guy's name? The Brian Azzarello Cliff Chang run on Wonder Woman. She okay. read that. Um, she really liked that. And I've made her like promise to read Saga because I legitimately think Saga is probably one of the best series ever written. It's still being written though, so I think she wants to wait till it's concluded. Okay. But yeah, so she's not really into it. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> She's more of the super Harry Potter. Okay. Yeah. That's my wife as well. When we got engaged, she told me I had to watch all of the movies. I have yet to read the books, but. Oh, the books are so good. Uh, I The movies are not so good. Yeah. The problem is I, I started reading the like first book. I just couldn't do it because I, and I, I get it. It's written for like a nine year old, but. It's written for like a nine right. year old. The first few, the first few are very much children's yeah. books. Yeah, so I was like, I was reading it, and I was just like, ah, this is not really. This is just boring me. And I know they get better. I know they get, they better. get so much better. I know they get darker. They get so much darker. I know they get more complex. But it's just like I, I was like halfway through the first one, and the only thought in my mind was, there's a whole another book that's like this. There's a whole another book that's like a kid's book. Before I get into like some semblance of like a not so kitty book. So I was like, I don't, right. I don't think I can do this. They're, they're worth it. If you ever like really just commit, like you can plow through those first two in like a day each, if you really yeah. try and just like knock them out and then hit three and kind of get some darker tones. And it is worth it. They are, they are fantastic books. They really are. But like, no, my wife is super Harry Potter nerd. Like when Alan Rickman died, she got a ring that says always. And she wears it for Alan. Really? Rickman. Yeah, yeah. So I think she might love Alan Rickman more than she loves me. Yeah, yeah. She replaced her, my, our wedding ring with it. It was real weird. <laughs> that is weird. Does she does she no. just like Alan Rickman as Snape, or does she like Alan Rickman like Galaxy Quest? Alan Rickman. <laughs> no, it, it was the okay. Snape portrayal. It's the Harry Potter tie. You know, she's she's such a big Harry Potter fan that I don't know. I sometimes I tease her and I like to say like hot take like opinions I have about. Harry Potter that nobody shares with me. <laughs> like, like I don't like Dumbledore. I'm like the only Harry Potter fan that doesn't like Dumbledore. And everybody's like, what? Nah, I, I can see that. That guy's about sketchy. It. That guy's. He, yeah. Well, he's like, really, he's like a puppet master, man. He's just like, I'm going to move chess pieces around the board. Meanwhile, I will just be back here doing my thing. Like, yeah, he's sketchy. I don't, I don't trust know. him. I'm with no, you. It's, it's hard to, I'm with you. What they I'm need to do is they need to do it. like a comic book version of Harry Potter like what if what if Voldemort won or that's what comic books love to do it loves to take the heroes and turn them evil oh yeah and it loves to do the opposite too like I remember people got real mad this past year about a year ago Captain America like Steve Rogers they basically made it so he was an agent of Hydra yeah, the whole time which I would be interested just, in reading got that so angry yeah I, I mean it sounded interesting enough I mean it was a little weird because it's still just like he was old like he had lost his powers, so he aged it was real it was real okay. odd comic books are weird they, man I'm they're a weird you. place they're a weird place to just jump in and 
you, you got to pick your guy, right? I feel like that's the other thing with comic books is you got to pick your guy. You got to pick your dude. I could never be a Captain yeah. America guy. That guy drives me crazy. No. He's annoying. I don't like him. He's a Boy Scout. No, he's, he's the worst. I need a complex character. That's why I like Batman. That's why I like Nightwing. Yeah. Red Hood, great complex character. Red Hood. He was um he was the second Robin, Jason Todd, who was beaten to death with a crowbar by the Joker in the 1980s. Yeah, it got real yeah, dark. Um, that got real. Yeah, he was beaten pretty brutally and then blown up in a building. In uh, oddly enough, the fans were able to call into a line, and depending on which number they called, they voted whether he lived or died in the final issue, and they voted to kill him because everyone hated. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah and so he died but like 20 years later some writer was like you know what we need to do resurrect him as this like vigilante who doesn't mind killing like who we didn't know his identity for a long time and batman was actually fighting him because it was like this guy is killing the bad guys but he's still killing sure and so and then eventually it was like it's jason todd and everybody's like wait what he's dead (laughs) what happened and that was the beginning of all of the like stereotypical hey guess what characters die but it's okay because they'll be back in like two months <laughs> i think i think i am gonna i'm gonna see this through i, I want to see it through i want to i want to get into it a little <laughs> bit more and i want to i just don't feel like i experienced it which is a shame because that's like the whole point of the podcast is every podcast i've come away from it being like okay i have sufficiently experienced that thing to know like I like it or I don't like it. This one, right. I just like, I liked it, but I just felt like I wasn't, I wasn't in it. You know what I mean? I didn't go deep right? enough down the rabbit hole. It's, it's a deep, deep <laughs> rabbit hole to go down. It's not exactly uh, the Cleveland Browns. Oh, don't too. even, <laughs> that is a rabbit hole I've gone down. It's a rabbit hole of misery and woe. So, Hey man, I'm, I'm, I'm a Carolina Panthers fan. We haven't seen that many yeah, years that's, in 20 years. That so. is true, but at least there, there was hope for sure. Well, there was hope. It didn't last. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have hope this year, but I have hope every year. Yeah. And then I'm quickly, quickly, quickly. Your team's away. looking good <laughs> this year. I think this is, this is a good year to be a fan of the Panthers. So, Hey, welcome to football talk with Eric <laughs> and Steven. Um, this is weird. Comic book. I'm sure all the comic book nerds are like, Oh no. <laughs> and all of the people who like aren't comic book nerds but are football fans that have been listening are just like yes it's finally time <laughs> do you ever watch any uh any cfl unfortunately i try to avoid as much as i can i'm not the quintessential canadian in that regard i really do not like the cfl game right i'm trying to think my college quarterback ended up in the cfl Uh-oh. that's scary um, i don't remember where he ended up you could probably tell me better than me if it's a good team toronto no, argonauts they they're bad oh yeah well that sounds about like where he was <laughs> what was his name um, armani edwards no no he was the starting quarterback for appalachian state university from 06 to 09 when we won back-to-back-to-back national championships um, in our wow. division. But then he went to the NFL, played for the Panthers, ended up on everybody's practice squad, and then eventually was just like, nah, I'm going to go to the CFL because, well, he didn't make that choice. Everybody sure. else made that choice yeah, for that's, him. That's kind of how the CFL goes. So the, the problem with the CFL is they just have a bunch of rules that just are not very good. Like, for example, on a CFL team, you have to have a certain percentage of your players be Canadian. That, Wait, what? Yeah, exactly. So, so <laughs> Is that a real rule? I can't rule? remember how many players it is. It's like 20% of 
of the players on the field have to be Canadian. It's just so that you, because if it wasn't like that, all it would be is like NFL light. It would just be all the players cut from NFL teams playing up there, right? Because they're so much better than Canadian people. <laughs> well, let's be honest. The NHL, if we had that rule, we would have no NHL because like 90% of the NHL. Yeah, is exactly. Canadian. But like, it's just such a ridiculous rule. So basically what you're doing is what, what ends up happening is most of your linemen are Canadian because they suck. Um, but it's like, yeah, it's just bizarre to watch because in the back of your mind, you know, they're playing worse players just because they're Canadian. So it's like (laughs) the football quality just isn't there. And there's a bunch of other stupid rules and I, I'm just not a huge fan of CFL. So I, I mean, I learned about my first CFL team tonight. There you go, Toronto Argonauts. I did not, I couldn't have named you one until you can cheer for the Calgary Stampeders. That's the team closest to me and probably the team I reluctantly cheer for the most. Trying to think who that puts you with with the NHL. Calgary Flames is the the closest team. I I don't live in Calgary. I live like two hours south of Calgary. That's okay. See, I live right in Charlotte, so I'm in the heart of Panthers country. You're right there. Yeah, I mean, I'm 20 minutes from the stadium. It's a beautiful thing. That's why I want to move to North Carolina. I just, I want to experience that type of like NFL passion for a team. Oh, it's insane. This town turns upside down on Sundays for that team. Yeah, I bet. I bet it's crazy. Cool. Well, thanks for being on this episode. Yeah, dude. Thanks for having me. I feel like we're rivals. It's like, it's like Pokemon, right? I'm here just trying to catch a Pidgey and my rival comes up and it's like, it's like nothing. Oh, don't make me Gary. <laughs> no, I'm Ash in this scenario. You're Gary. Oh, the rivalry has, catch has sparked a new. <laughs> now you're the now you're the one that's coming in here being like my grandpa, Professor Oak, wants me to no, like don't. <laughs> Oof, I got hella nerdy just then. It's all right. I never the, on the game. I never called him Gary. I re, I always renamed him to like when I was you know in sixth grade loser or. Butt face. Oh, yeah, or, butthead. Yeah. Yep. There was it was always like butthead challenges <laughs> you. Like, yeah, it was always really yeah. good. Um I like fun Pokemon names oh, like definitely. that. Definitely. Seriously, thanks for being on. I love your podcast. If you haven't checked it out already, go and check it out. Can you please tell the people where they can find you on the internet? You're everywhere. I am everywhere. It's all I do anymore. <laughs> um yeah, uh, we are Is This Adulting? We are a weird combination of mental health and comedy podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher. I think we're on Google Play. We're on Audio Boom right now as far as hosting. And so you can also find us there. We're on Twitter at Is This Underscore Adulting and Facebook.com slash Is This Adulting. Uh, as well as we have a discussion group on there called the Is This Adulting Best Friends, which is a support group for people who, you know, if maybe you just need to say, hey, I'm having a rough day and I want to talk to somebody about it. There's a few hundred people in there. They'll jump in there and they'll help support you. Or if you want to be like, hey, here's this funny Star Wars cat video I found, then we'll also love that and laugh at that. So there's a million places to find me. Meddling Kids, that also exists. Um, I tend to forget to plug that because I'm so focused on is this sure. adulting all the time. Meddling Kids is we're at Meddling Kids Pod on Twitter and we are on all of the stuff iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, um, all that. Yeah. Go show them some love. Seriously, some of the best podcasts. Every Thursday, I anxiously await is this adulting? I love it. I binge it. So good. 
I love it so (laughs) much. Like seriously, the last episode you guys did, I was just really feeling it. And it was, it was just a really great episode. And uh, you know, I love those episodes as much as the, uh, which superpower is the best superpower, which I want to throw my, my superpower in the the ring for best superpower. We'll see if I accept it. Best superpower is the power of like unlimited charisma. You can just, you can just (laughs) talk your way into anything. You can make someone do anything you want just by being charismatic. Well, let me tell you something, Eric. I already have. <laughs> I know. I know. You've I you've don't. charmed me. Your my know, rival has it. charmed I've, me. I've done everything I can. Now if only I could charm my wife and my in-laws, <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, that's right. There's a I'm a huge X-Files fan though, and there's a really cool episode of X-Files if you're into it. It's called Pusher, and the guy can like he he makes this, he's talking to this cop on the phone and he makes him have a heart attack just by like talking to him. Oh, that sounds terrifying. It's cool. I got too much anxiety to oh. watch that. <laughs> you, I think you'd like it from all like the comic. Have you watched X-Files? Are you an X-Files guy? I watched like the first season on Netflix when it was on there. It's not on there anymore. Oh, it's um, on Canadian I Netflix I did enjoy it though. though. The music still strikes the fear uh, deep yeah. into my heart. Yeah. It's like my favorite show, oh. but Pusher, if you ever get a chance to watch that episode, it's like standalone. So you, you can just jump into it, but that's his like power. Okay. He has the power of charisma. He can just make people do stuff. Well, some of us are gifted like that. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, thanks for being on. Yeah, absolutely. And there you have it. Another episode of the Know Nothing Podcast. A very special thanks to Steven for being on this episode. Be sure to check out his podcast, Is This Adulting, as well as the Meddling Kids podcast. Also releasing tomorrow, November the 2nd, on Is This Adulting, I am dropping in with the boys to chat about music and road trips. Definitely make sure to go and check that episode out. Like I said at the beginning of this episode, new episodes are coming. Be sure to subscribe, follow me on Twitter and Facebook for more updates. As always, thanks to you, the listener. Without you, this show would have never gotten off the ground. Be sure to tune in next time to the Know Nothing Podcast.